Hello and welcome to our first episode of season two of Inspiring Nurseries podcast with Marnie Wills and Kate Wilson. Marnie, as many of you will know, is co-founder, is founder of Sporty Millies and I am co-founder of Hello Mums and together we are bringing you podcasts and online events for the time being and we very much hope that you will be joining this year's podcast events and workshops. Hello Marnie, how are you? Hi Kate, excited to be back. Good to hear. And did you bring a guest with you today? <laughs> I think you brought the guest today. We have the amazing Emma, oh, which I'll let you introduce because you know her very, very well. Yes. Hello, Emma. How are you? I am good. Thank you, Kate. And very, very pleased to be invited along today. Always a pleasure to be on one of your podcasts. Thank you very much. So if you haven't recognised Emma's voice, you will probably have seen her on BBC or Sky because Emma has been helping a lot of people over the last 20 years, am I right, in first aid? Quite a long time. Yes. <laughs> and good for 18. Oh, okay. All right. So <laughs> Emma Hammett has been running first aid for life for the last 18 years and many more. Well, I've been running it since 2007. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And we have asked her to come along for our podcast today because we think that what we need to prepare for is a tricky winter. But before going into that, Emma, you have been working with nurseries and earlier settings and schools for quite some time now and providing them mm -hmm. with, with first aid. Can you give us a quick uh, update on what has been the biggest challenges and the biggest updates from nursery's perspective since reopening, since June? So there have been all sorts of issues that have arisen. One of the, the key ones is um, staff being off. So it is such uncertain times at the moment. You've got um, staff shielding, you've got staff who can't come in maybe because of their own childcare issues, and their family having to quarantine, and then suddenly being ill. And so we've had lots of different calls from all different settings where they have suddenly needed emergency first aid training because the people they would normally rely upon as their first aiders have had to be off for whatever reason. And we had one who had, um, uh, it, was, it was a school and their dinner lady um, contracted COVID and tested positive. So they had to send off a third of the school, um, that's a third of the staff and a third of the pupils. And when they looked at who they'd sent off and who they had left, they didn't actually have any first aiders. So we had to send an emergency course up to Birmingham to, to go and get people trained ASAP as a matter of urgency. So I would say, Look at who you've got, make sure you've got ample. If you've been training up for Millie's Mark, then it won't be an issue for you because you will have enough first aiders there. But look at who you've got and make sure you've got a little bit more cushioning than you would do normally. You've also got issues where you've suddenly got a whole load of PPE that you need to, to work out. When do you wear it? When do you need to wear it? Do you need to wear it? Um, how are you supposed to clean? Um, all about um, when do you report? Sort of at what point do you have to send people home um, if 
if you have a child who contracts it or a member of staff who contracts it. Um, so all sorts of fears, anxieties, um, and more information needed because there's a lot of misinformation out there and um, the information can be a bit clunky to get through. And in terms of, you know, if you look at the last three months, what do you think was the biggest single positive change that happened in nurseries from a first aid perspective? From a first aid perspective and probably from a health and safety perspective is actually, I would think we will probably have fewer respiratory illnesses in nurseries this year um, and probably in the population as a whole, because I think the message on hand washing and cleanliness is actually no bad thing. It's no bad reminder. I would, there's no way I would want a reminder for this length of time and with this severity, but actually I think just reminding people that you know, hand washing is important and doing it properly. And just taking that little bit more care about what we're doing. I think that's probably about the only positive I can think of in this complete nightmare that we've all been trying to, to work through. Because costs, I mean, whether you're running a nursery or running a first aid training company or running a childcare company or sports or whatever you're doing, costs have gone up. Capacity has been stretched. Everybody's scared and worried. Um, and it's not a very nice time or good time to be, to be in business. No, and I remember, ladies, at the time of this recording, um, it's actually Global Hand Washing Day. Yes. Ah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't think our podcast um, listeners realise that we all put our hands up and have a bit of a shake there. But reverse <laughs> 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 visual. Um, yeah, and 100% agree that you know we do have to look at these times and take some positives away. Um, and the fact that we now have a global hand washing day that everybody seems to know about um, is top priority. Um, interestingly. Before I talk about a, an amazing workshop we've got coming up for you um, or with you, I would like to rack your brains around maybe your top three to five key messages that you could give nurseries um, around keeping healthy and safe at these times, because this is going to be a little sneak peek into our workshop that we're having with you on the 4th of November at 8 p.m. on Zoom. Um, and the title of that workshop is Keeping Your Nursery Healthy and Safe This Winter. Um, and our, those um, nursery- And open. And Sorry open. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I, will re, re, I will redo that then. So our workshop on the 4th of November at 8 p.m. on Zoom is keeping your nursery healthy, safe and open this winter um, with you, Emma, where our listeners will be able to join us free on Zoom and be able to listen to your um, top tips for keeping healthy, safe and open, as well as a really cool Q&A with you, which will be amazing. Um, so excited for that one. So maybe give us a little taster and a sneak peek um, behind what could you expect at that workshop? 
Okay, well, what I would love is for people to send in their questions in advance as well. It always makes it go that much swifter, um, slicker type of things. And then I can make sure that I've prepared and that I really am sort of answering your questions. Now, one of the things I would say is have a look at your policies. I know policies make people's hair fall out and it, it's all very boring, but just make sure you've got clear guidance that you are giving to your staff and to the parents about what to do if they are unwell and what sort of signs and symptoms you are thinking about with them being unwell. Because children's COVID symptoms are different to adults' COVID symptoms and Good grief. I mean, we've got enough adult symptoms to... <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we do. Right through to the most bizarrest of, of symptoms. So, because you do still want your staff to come in if they've got a minor cold. You don't want to yeah. lose everyone, but you don't want to bring COVID into your area. And, you know, COVID is a reportable, a notifiable disease. Um, as well um, in a nursery setting um, and, and in a, an employment setting too. So it's really important that um, you've got your policies in place and you've got clear directions to everybody as to what you expect of them um, and what they should be doing. And that will differ for different areas, but there will also be central guidance that is sensible around that. And likewise, whoever's doing your cleaning and to other people cleaning up um, around different things that have happened, any particular specific body fluids, we've all got our different color codes and, and things as to how we should be operating like that. But it's even more important during the, the COVID time that we are making sure that our the, the hygiene and the infection control is second to none. And apart from anything else, it's about confidence. So doing that properly, communicating that effectively will give your staff and your parents and the kids confidence that they're in a safe workplace and that you can say, you know, we are COVID secure, we're doing things right. And that, you know, should things be pressurized as to, some people being able to stay open and some people not, we may need to prove that we are being COVID secure. And if we need to prove it, then it will all go down to the policies and, and how you are demonstrating that you are doing the right thing. Yeah. I love uh, these points. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you were gonna jump into another point and, and sorry for jumping in, but I'm actually really curious to know your thoughts on children um, receiving the flu spray this winter um, and what the potential knock on effect could be at a nursery for the managers. That's a really interesting one. I can give you my personal perspective. My personal perspective is yes, the more people that can get the flu vaccine, I've had my flu vaccine, um, I went and paid for it and I had my pneumonia one as well and I encouraged um, my family to do the same. Um, I'm a great believer in vaccinations and I know that there are some people who are not. So I know that it can end up being quite contentious as far as I'm concerned. Um, if the vaccination um, or the spray is available 
Um, particularly if you have a, a child that has um, any form of a respiratory illness of any sort, but generally too, and for your staff, I also offer the flu vaccine free to all my team because um, I think it's really important. When I say free, I ask them to pay for it and, and I pay them back um, for, for having it because for me and my team, I want every possible chance that they are healthy as well. We know flu is going to be around. I hope that with the increased hand hygiene, um, that uh, we, um, you know, we will have fewer respiratory bugs around. However, you know, the knock-on effect of flu plus COVID, I mean, I've got friends of mine, uh, one of my friends in particular is a senior um, sister at um, in St George's ITU, and she hasn't had any COVID um, patients in ITU right up until this last week. And now she's got five. When the sixth person comes in, then they have to cancel all their cardiac surgery and their cardiac, um, any, any cardiac um, interventions that would necessitate an ITU bed because they use the whole ITU area, the, the cardiac area, as an overflow COVID ward. So the sixth patient triggers that. We're anticipating that's probably going to be today. It just depends, we're just waiting. And then it's all go. And then it's potentially back into that additional pressure on the health service and the additional pressure um, and a knock on effect on, on everything. Because on everything. On everything, because all the outpatient appointments will be will be um, will, will be cancelled. Um, anyone that has a pre-existing condition will be greater have greater um, impact, and and it's worrying. It's very worrying. So we know it's coming back, unfortunately, and it's about being one step ahead and making sure that your nursery environments are a little cocoon, if you like, as much as you possibly can, and that, that everybody trusts that you will do the right thing, and consequently they will do the right thing, so that they're not hiding the fact that they have got the cough because they want to pop the, their child into nursery, and it's easier to do that and then work from home. It has to be open, it has to be trust, and they have to be on your side as well. So it needs to be the parents, the staff, the nursery managers, um, all working together to support the children, to keep that continuity and to keep it going. Because I mean, our, our next door neighbors uh, managed to go away to Cyprus for a, for a week and they were so excited to have gone away. When they came back, they found that the local nursery had had to shut down because of COVID. And they were saying it was, so much harder than it was in lockdown because in lockdown they sort of knew it was coming and could do a bit of planning whereas this they came back their nursery setting was shut they were both working from home and they had to do hour shifts mm -hmm. to try and arrange for their two-year-old yeah. care for their two-year-old while they were working from home so it's in everybody's interest to do the right thing and to make sure that everyone is supporting each other in this, this really, really difficult time. Such amazing advice, Emma. Thank you. 
So just to recap, you, you spoke about having um, clear guidance and updating our policies um, for managers and then spoke about um, your opinion on the um, flu vaccination for people. So And also making sure you've got enough first aiders. So as I said, if you've got Millie's mark, you will have everybody covered. So you will have that cushioning. But if you haven't, because I know that the first aid certificates have been extended. So the EYFS and the, the Department of Education have extended those, which is great until you start reading a little bit further. And what it says is that they have extended them, but you still have a requirement to ensure that you have enough first aiders to comply with your legal requirement and any other statutory requirements to keep your, um, your nursery setting safe. So they have been extended, but they're only extended um, asking you to make all reasonable efforts to get requalified. Um, I mean, we're, we're out there, we're still doing COVID secure, socially distanced training. So in terms of making reasonable endeavors to get your training, um, you know, we're there, we can help you. But think ahead, make sure you're not doing it in a panic mode and that you have enough people um, so that you're not gonna be stuck and caught um, and possibly uh, operating in a, um, you know, an unsafe environment. Amazing. I cannot wait for our workshop on the 4th of November. Yeah, looking um, forward to it. If that's what you're doing now and just a sneak peek, I think uh, we are all going to come out with um, much more knowledge around keeping our nurseries healthy, safe and open this winter. Yes, I was just thinking about that. That I think one of my questions, or oh, I already have quite a few questions actually. If no one else, I will ask. Um, but yes, isn't it just a way forward? You know, in COVID is, yeah, it's not a beautiful thing, but maybe it is the way forward that maybe it's not going to be something that will be forgotten in two years time. And we will say, okay, you know, that global wash your hands day. Yeah, let's just do it every day. It's just every day, all the time. Less illnesses, less everything, healthier nurseries, healthier life for everyone, no? And the benefit of a workshop also is that you've got that peer group and that peer support. So you've got everyone coming together, you've got the other nursery managers and, you know, other people will be asking questions that maybe you hadn't even thought about. So that's why it's really useful to come along and everybody to learn from each other. And I might not have all the answers. So it might be that actually you need to help each other or that I can then go away and find out the answers for you too. Um, but it's that community spirit that um, you guys are absolutely amazing at bringing together and getting that support so that when people are struggling, they, they feel that they're definitely not alone and that there is somebody to ask and that there are other people, you know, caring about them and, and with their backs. Yeah. Yes, I think this is one of the key points, isn't it? Especially for, not just for small businesses, not just like for, for yourself or Marnie or me, but it's also for all the nursery managers because at the end of the day, it's a very lonely job mm -hmm. to make sure that everything is met. And sometimes you just need someone else who is going through the same thing to understand and just have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. But before we go today,
Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do at the moment? Because obviously you have been doing first aid for life courses online and offline for many, many years. How did that change? What? Because obviously with the emergency settings and you know that there is always someone on site with first aid training it is just as crucial now so how do you have settings at the moment well we are offering socially distanced practical um covid secure training so if you need your your eyfs your, your two-day blended pediatric we can help with that we can also help with all sorts of specific online courses we've got so if you have children with specific medical conditions in your nursery We've got an online course that we can, um, that they can do at home, that can take them through. We've got various courses through anaphylaxis, anaphylaxis um, refreshers, for example. Um, for McDonald's, they needed to train all their managers, um, get an appointed person qualification. So we wrote a specific online course and then we've adapted that further. So it's, uh, it's got the emergency first aid um, for work, um, plus it's got COVID updates. So it actually explains how things have changed during COVID um, if, if you need to resuscitate um, an adult or a child. Uh, and that's probably something that we should talk about on the workshop too, in terms of um, the, the British Resuscitation Council advice. So how first aid has changed in terms of, of giving first aid Definitely. Because um, I get a lot of people um, writing in saying, can I still give first aid to my pupils or the children in my nursery during COVID? Well, yes, please do. Yes, <laughs> life is more important <laughs> than... Yeah, so, so people don't know how and they don't know what the parameters are. So I think that's probably something we should include in the, in the workshop um, because there is, there is quite clear guidance. There's clearer guidance for adults but actually, I've managed to get some even clearer guidance um, for children as well, and children in childcare settings, um, as to what, what should be happening. So I'll share that on the workshop as well, because that's not Ooh. widely published, and, and we've, we've managed to get hold of that. Um, so we've also got um, lots of information, supportive information on our blogs. We've got a YouTube channel, we've got free courses, and... Um, We've got a huge range of remote learning, um, uh, blended learning, online learning and practical courses that we can help with. So no matter what COVID throws at us, we've probably got something that we can enable you, even if it's just as a refresher to get you through to the next stage, we should be able to help. Amazing. I'm super excited. I can't wait for the 4th of November to come. Me too. I think um, it's such great timing as well. I mean, with the change of season, the clock's about to go back, right? Um, and mm. even certain times ahead, um, hopefully we've managed to um, bring a topic close to nursery manager's heart that um, can make a difference. Oh, I hope so. I hope so, because it's it's really important and it and you know, people are really worried at the moment and they do want to do the right thing. So there's some elements I can help with where the guidance is clear. And if the guidance isn't clear, then I will explain that it's not. So <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, tell you what I know. And if not, I will go and 
look up and find out more. Um, but hopefully it will be a really helpful and supportive workshop. And uh, yeah, hats off to you two for, for organising it. Sounds brilliant. Oh, yes. Well, thank you, Emma, for coming today. This was Emma Hammond from First Aid for Life, and she will be joining us on the 4th of November for our first workshop of this season. Um, Marnie and I will pop up the, the links everywhere. You can register. This will be completely free, and we will try and help you as much as we can to prepare for this winter, aren't we, Marnie? We will. Yeah. Send any questions. Them. Yeah, send those questions in. Yes, thank you, Emma, for joining us today. We look forward to having you on the 4th of November. Thank you, Marnie, for being my partner in crime as always. And dear listeners, please carry on listening and we will be back with another podcast very soon. <laughs>